The tension today, the question that we're gonna answer is why should I make love a priority? I'm gonna tell you today that love should be your priority. Yes, you have family, yes, you have a job, yes, you have health and, and aspirations and business plans and dreams and goals and deadlines, but I'm gonna tell you today that love should be your priority. Christ himself said, and the greatest of these is love. Welcome to another edition of Rescuing Awe, broadcast outreach of the Movement Church in Oakland, meeting on the campus of Mills College in Oakland, uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Pastor Edward Paws is teaching from the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, often known as the love chapter. And he begins today's broadcast with a reminder of exactly who the Apostle Paul was writing to and where he was coming from as he shared these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And many people think, you know, because you've heard it at weddings before, you've heard it read at funerals, you know, that, oh, this was, this was a, a chapter in the scriptures written to married people. Or this was a chapter in the scriptures written for relationships. And actually, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians was written to a church in Corinth. And so really what Paul, who wrote this letter, this ancient manuscript, this historical document, the Corinthian letter, it's in your modern day Bible, he wrote this letter as a rebuke. He wrote this letter as a correction. This church in Corinth was actually fighting. They were a very gifted church, a very knowledgeable church, but they were in disputes with each other. They had a hard time getting along. There was a lot of new Christians. And so when we look at this letter, does it provide some help for marriages? Absolutely. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Can that help in a marriage? Absolutely. But the context of this chapter is actually written to a local church just like ours. And so the purpose of me going through this series is not just so you could have better relationships in your homes and in the workplace and you can improve in your love for each other. Really, it's more so that we could be a community that loves well. The reason I've been going through this series and wanting to talk about this idea of love is because I want us to be a community that loves well. Jesus teaches, he says, how will they know that you are my disciples? It's by the love that you have for one another. And so if we're not loving one another very well, the world isn't going to look at what we have to offer with any sort of interest. How will they know that we're followers of Christ, it's by the love we actually have for each other. And so some of you may be here today and you have a hard time buying into Jesus and buying into church because you've seen Christians behave. Let's just be honest. You've seen Christians interact and it's not very attractive to you. It actually turns you off and you're actually surprised that you're here today. And if you think back, why do I feel this way? One of the reasons why, it might be you've experienced a Christian before who wasn't very loving. And so we're going through this series on faith because I want us to be a community of faith that loves well. We've had two parts so far, and if you've missed any of those parts, they're on our website, movement.us slash love, and so you can catch up on the other two messages 
But today we're going to look at the last five verses. We're going to finish our series by looking at the last five verses of 1 Corinthians 13. And to set it up, I want to talk about priorities. And, And let me just start by saying, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I have a hard time putting first things first. Okay? So a couple roles. I'm I'm a pastor, I'm a husband, I'm a a boss, I have a staff of of three other people, so I'm I'm a family member, I'm a son, I'm not a father, I don't have any kids, but some of the people in our congregation I, I see as like my children, and I look at them and I care for them as if they were my own kids, and there's my health. There's my finances, there's my relationships outside of of the home and outside of church, and if I'm being honest, I have a hard time putting first things first. I don't know about you, but like New Year's resolutions, can someone say, long gone, long gone. Like I look at the things I wrote down at the beginning of the year, and I'm like, man, and so priorities, just, just out of whack, and, and me wanting to put first things first, but I always seem to be more reactive than proactive. You ever felt that way before? Where instead of, we like to say the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. You know, what do therm- thermometers do? They just react to the temperature in the room. What do thermostats do? They set the temperature. They set the pace of life. They set the speed of life. Do you ever find yourself just reacting to what everyone's doing? Phone call coming in. Oh, I guess I got to go there. Oh, yeah, you need to meet. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll put it in. Oh, shoot, I forgot my, my kids. Oh, oh, and, and you're just like, oh, and everything. Oh, oh, ah. Priorities, putting first things first, having a hard time saying this is the most important thing and so this is where I need to put my time. You ever feel at the end of the week that you got a lot of things done but you didn't get the most important things done? You crossed off a lot of boxes but like the things that you know really needed to happen, the conversations you really needed to have, the places you really needed to go, those didn't take place because you were just like a thermometer going to and from. And so how do you put first things first is a little bit of the question. How, how do we know? And don't you, don't you just want someone to tell you what to do sometimes? Just tell me what order to put them in. Just tell me what to do. I know husbands, you, you know, you've done this with your wife. Just tell me how I'm supposed to be. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't understand. Just write a list and I can just do it in order, Okay. So just tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me how to prioritize. Okay, Ed, I feel the emotion of being all out of whack. Just tell me what to do. Okay, all right, I'm gonna do it. The tension today, the question that we're gonna answer is why should I make love a priority? I'm gonna tell you today that love should be your priority. Yes, you have family. Yes, you have a job. Yes, you have health and and aspirations and business plans and dreams and goals and deadlines, but I'm going to tell you today that love should be your priority. And that might not be surprising to you in a church setting, but but the more specific question I'm going to answer is why. Okay, Ed, I get it. That sounds about right. Love is a pretty high value, 
But I'm going to answer the question, why? Why should you make love a priority? Why? Out of all the things, out of all the stresses in this life, why should I put love at the top of the list? Shouldn't my spouse be at the top of the list? Shouldn't my kids be at the top of the list? Shouldn't getting out of debt be on the top of my list? Shouldn't finding a spouse be on the top of my list? Ed, if you knew how old I was and how single I feel. But I'm going to say love and, and not just it's. And wouldn't you say, well, if I say I, I want to put my wife first, isn't that love? Well, not necessarily. We might put people in our lives at the top of our list, not because of love, but for some other reasons. And you might need to watch our other two uh, messages in this series to understand what I'm talking about. But, But just because you have someone first on your list of priorities doesn't mean it's out of love. It could be out of what you get from that person and not from what you give. How are we going to find this out? How are we going to answer this question? Well, we're going to see it very clearly in the last several verses of chapter 13 of Paul's letter to this dysfunctional church in Corinth. And it starts out by saying, love never fails. Love never fails. And actually, the rest of these five verses, all they are is a working out, is a continuation, is a reiteration of those first three words, love never fails. And what Paul writes in the rest of of this chapter to the Corinthians is supporting the fact that love never fails. And what does he say? But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Like I mentioned to you before, this church in Corinth was very gifted. Not only were they very gifted, but they were very interested in the supernatural. Some of you may know people like that. Some of you may know Christians like that. They're all about the supernatural. They're all about just words of knowledge and prophecy and all these other things. And this is what the Corinthian church, they were all about these supernatural gifts. And Paul says, remember, this is a letter. This is a rebuke to this church. He says very clearly, prophecies, they're going to cease. The ability to see what the word of God says, or be the mouthpiece of God, that's going to come to an end. In other words, Ed, your job has a time limit on it. Your job isn't going to be around forever. Where there are tongues, there was another supernatural gift in that day in the early church where someone could actually speak the tongue of another person. In those early days of the church, people were able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to speak a language that wasn't their own. And what does Paul say? They will be stilled. There's going to be a time when that comes to an end. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Where there is the ability to discern the things of God and share those things with people, the gift of knowledge, these are three gifts, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the gift of knowledge. In regards to the gift of knowledge, it will pass away. So love doesn't fail, but these other things that you're prioritizing, they're going to pass away. You guys with me so far? You hear the heart of what Paul's saying to this church. Pastor Edward Paws will return tomorrow and pick up right where he's leaving off, continuing in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And I encourage you to read ahead, do a little study on your own. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians is the seventh book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Acts and Romans and 1 Corinthians. Be ready for tomorrow's study at this same time. This is a broadcast outreach of the Movement Church. They meet uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on the campus of Mills College. And if you'd like all the details, just go to their website at themovement.us. They're also on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And they would love to hear from you. This is a relatively new program on KDIA, and they would appreciate your feedback. You can go to the website, again, themovement.us, and click on the radio show feedback button there on the home page. Whether they are positive or constructive, we'd just like to hear from you. And join us again tomorrow at this same time for another edition of Rescuing Awe from the Movement Church in Oakland.